Greetings, friends and fellow patriots. Welcome to this edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski. I'm the president of the We the People Convention, and I'm recording this podcast on Saturday, January 16th, 2021. I decided that it was time for me to come back on the air because there's significant information uh, that I can share with you to help bring some sense to the insanity that we're all living in and to maybe discuss some things that are possible that could happen that might happen and even to talk a little bit about you know things that uh, we're going to have to decide we're going to have to think about and decide as uh you know this situation unfolds we are in a in a crisis of of a magnitude that uh, we probably haven't faced in our nation since the Revolutionary War. Um, you know, it's, it's, we are in a constitutional crisis. In fact, I would, I would argue that there is no constitution. Uh, the, obviously the states, uh, legislatures didn't follow the constitution in the election. The, um, you know, the state courts, uh, in places like Pennsylvania and Georgia, Wisconsin did not follow the constitution. The U.S. Supreme Court obviously did not follow the constitution because there was a clear constitutional violation in the election where the U.S. Constitution and the state constitution say the only people who can make rules and laws for how a vote will be taken in the state is a state legislature. That is factually did not happen. That is absolutely that was violated in the U.S. Supreme Court because they were intimidated by Chuck Schumer's threats against them. They refused to take the Pennsylvania case and they didn't defend the Constitution. So, you know, the states didn't do it. The state courts didn't do it. Supreme Court didn't do it. Now we had this fiasco in Washington where the state, uh, the federal House and Senate, you know, are there to defend our, you know, the Constitution, to make sure we have free and fair elections. And they completely caved. And, and that resulted in the, the, you know, the terrible situation that unfolded on Wednesday the 6th. So, you know, we're, we're in a constitutional crisis. We're at a time where there is no law, right? So the people say to me, you know, we don't do this stuff. You know, we're, we're supposed to follow the law. We're supposed to follow the Constitution. Yeah, except there is none. There is no law. People are doing things every single day that violate every part of the Constitution, and no one's doing anything about it. And we're going to talk about that in this show. But let's just, just, let's just get as a, a base point. Let's just, you know, start with the divider-in-chief. All right. The guy that, you know, claimed he wanted unity. Right. But as soon as this situation occurred on Wednesday, the 6th, this was uh, what the divider, the new divider in chief had to say about you and us. Witness yesterday was not dissent. It was not disorder. It was not protest. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob insurrectionist, domestic terrorist. So there you have it, right? That, that set the tone for what has been unleashed in our country right now. And that isn't just that the people who went into the Capitol and committed crimes, the people who hit the police officer in the head with a fire signature resulting in his death, the people who went into the Capitol and broke things and stole things, not that they're terrorists or insurrectionists, okay, but that every single person that went to that event in Washington, D.C., that you are a terrorist and an insurrectionist, 
That's what Joe Biden signaled to his media sycophants, okay, and to his party. And since since that day, 10 days ago, that's all you've heard. And there's this witch hunt, this purge going on where people are doxing people and are, are out there putting out their names and their pictures and stuff on social media saying they went to the event. They're a terrorist. Let me speak this as clear as I can. It's called the Constitution. It's called the First Amendment. And it's called freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, and the freedom to dress your government, to go and say, we want to be heard. No one that went to this event in Washington, D.C., including myself, including many of you, are terrorists or insurrectionists. We are good, honest Americans who were exercising our rights. And anyone who says that's not true, they're a terrorist because they're trying to terrorize you. They're a bully. They're the person who's trying to tear our country apart, not us. Okay? And so the narrative was that, oh, we, the president of the United States, incited. He told me and he told you, go in there and attack the Capitol. I got news for you, folks. If he would have said, go in there and attack the Capitol, and we did it, there would be no Capitol. Okay? Get that just clear as you can get it. We had more than enough people there to do whatever damage we wanted to do. The facts are, we didn't do that because we are good, honest Americans, okay, who respect our people's house, who respect other people's rights, okay? So that's garbage. The president didn't incite anybody. And, and we certainly were not there to take the Capitol because we could have, and we didn't, okay? Now, the next part of this is that they took it not just from all the people who were in Washington, D.C. are terrorists and insurrectionists, but then they took it all away. All 75 million people who voted for Trump, they are insurrectionists. They are terrorists. You, every person watching this podcast, you are a bad person. You are a terrorist. You're an insurrectionist. And we're going to we're gonna put out in, in our local community that you did that and you should be shunned. That's what they're trying to do. But we're not letting them. We're fighting back. We're attacking them. I did media interviews on all kinds of TV stations in Ohio this week. I was interviewed nationally. And I made it very clear. The people who are, you know, are in the building, that committed crimes, they need to be prosecuted. And believe me, the vast majority of them, they're going to be prosecuted for trespassing, a minor misdemeanor. They weren't trying to, the door was held open. I showed you in the last podcast. They let us in the building. Okay. And so if someone went in the building and they didn't do any damage, what are you going to charge them with? So this hysteria is exactly that. They're trying to gin this up. Why? To distract from what the, the left's plans are. To keep people from looking at what Pelosi and Schumer and Biden are going to do to our country. It's a, it's, that's all it is. It's a distraction. But here's the bottom line. You know, they, they immediately it was like, these are only Trump supporters. There were nobody there. You know, you, you, know, you guys are trying to blame Antifa, but that's not true. That's just not true. Yeah, well, it is true. Because this guy, you know, who just got arrested, John Earl Sullivan, was arrested and charged, 
Uh, he's a Black Lives Matter activist. He's got all kinds of videos. And he was charged by the FBI for being in the building and helping to instigate the, the, the damage that was done. Videos showed Sullivan and others breaking through a barricade with the Utah man shouting, there are so many people, let's go. This is effing ours. Yeah, yeah, we accomplished this. We did this together. Yeah, we're all part of this issue. Let's burn this down, right? And I, and I talked about, and I will talk about later in the show, that this was a false flag operation. There is now clear evidence of pre-planning of this, pre-planning by Antifa and by some people on the right to, to basically make this an assault on the Capitol. But there are people in the videos from Antifa using tactics that were designed to get the Trump supporters to go into the building and to do things. There was even a video that I saw, and you can see it if you go to wepeopleconvention.org, okay, and I'll refer to it later here in the show, where you, know, you could, the, the Epoch Times, or Epic Times, my wife likes to remind me to call them, that they literally had a video where they broke down the tactics that were being used. And even when the woman, the veteran, was shot and killed outside the house uh, chambers, the Antifa people were the ones that were instigating those people to pressure the police to fire. Okay? So we'll get to that later. But the bottom line is that there's a lot of information that the that Marion Bauer, the mayor of Washington, D.C., that Pelosi, the Capitol Police, they refused National Guard. They refused federal help. There is absolute you know, direct evidence that the FBI knew there was going to be violence at least a day before, if not two days before. They did nothing. They did nothing. This should have never happened. If they did their jobs, it wouldn't have happened. So the question that is left to be asked is, did they want it to happen? And I believe that they did. And I believe that's why it did happen. There's no... <laughs> You know, there's no accidents in politics. It's one of the things we've learned over the course of time. There's no accidents in politics. So basically, we've gone from this insanity, uh, you know, to Trump, you know, being banned from social media, right? And so because the narrative then immediately started that since President Trump instigated this, that he was responsible, he basically told you and I to storm the Capitol and take over our government which, by the way, if he had, we could have, and we didn't, okay? He was banned from Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, every social media thing you could possibly name, okay? First time in history that a president of the United States has been denied the ability to speak to the American people. I will remind those of you who've been listening to this show for the last year or longer, who know me, who see me make presentations, that I was the one who told you and told the Trump administration and told the Trump campaign that he would be cut off from Twitter at the most inopportune moment possible. I predicted that. I went to the Trump campaign and to the White House in like 2018 and said to them, you need to add a Twitter-type functionality to whitehouse.gov. Because the president should never be at the mercy of some private entity to talk to you and me. 
They didn't listen. They didn't listen. I went to the campaign and I said, I got an idea for you. Create a Trump app. And instead of being on Twitter, have him speak to us on the Trump app. And if you're smart, you'll make the Trump app so there could be subgroups so that the We the People Convention and the Portage County Tea Party could have subgroups uh, on the Trump app so that when the president wanted to speak to us, he could talk to all 75 million of us, okay? But if I needed to talk to the We the People Convention you know, members or the Portage County Tea Party members, I could use the same app so that we would have communications ability without being interfered with by Twitter, Facebook, and our enemies. And I said, guess what? You could charge 99 cents for us to download the app and you'd make like $75 million. Yeah, yeah, they didn't listen to me. They didn't listen to me. And so it happened. So after they started to you know, take Trump down, they started to take down General Flynn, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, all kinds of other conservative groups, anybody that had anything to do with guns, you know, anybody that mentioned the fraudulent election, it didn't matter. It was just wholesale, hundreds of thousands of people were taken down. And then, then they went what I consider a step too far. And a, they went to a place where they literally have violated the law in, a, in so many different ways. So big tech ganged up to take out a social media app called Parler, which was developed to be an alternative to Twitter. And they claimed Twitter, Facebook, and, uh, and Amazon, which runs these giant cloud servers. It's called AWS, okay? And many people use these servers for their company, right? To store their data, their videos, whatever. And so if you're going to start an internet company, it's a lot easier and cheaper to rent servers from Amazon than it is to build your own servers and have to have the staff to maintain them and stuff. So Parler isn't alone. Many, many companies depend on Amazon to be able to exist in cyberspace. Okay. Well, President Trump was moving to Parler. All of us were moving to Parler. They were adding millions and millions of customers. And what does uh, Twitter and Facebook do? And Apple, they pressure, they pressure Amazon to shut them off. First, Apple and Google decided that it was Parler who instigated the riots at the Capitol on January 6th. It was Parler, don't you know? They claimed they were, it was used to organize the assault on the Capitol. Yeah, except for the first 13 people the police arrested, the FBI has arrested for the violence at the Capitol, not one of them was on cap on Parler. Zero. You know where they were on? They were on Facebook and Twitter organizing. That's who was on there. So what's going on here? What's going on here is tech tyranny. What's going on here is antitrust violations. What's going on here? is that Google and Apple are basically saying, yeah, we don't just control what's said on our platforms. We want you to shut down because we don't like what's on your platform. So this is monopolists, Google, Apple, uh, Amazon. Monopolists, people that have the vast majority of markets working together 
to put one of their competitors out of business. That's what's going on here. And you know what? The DOJ, which is supposed to be involved with antitrust, the Federal Trade Commission, which has to do with antitrust, to this minute, I haven't seen them issue a press release or a statement or anything saying, we're looking into this. This looks like antitrust. What did I say about there being no constitution and no laws? There's your proof. There's your proof. This is a conspiracy between the deep state, which, folks, let's face it, what we've learned now, the deep state is our federal government employees, the people who aren't elected, the people who we can't fire, the people who are above us and above the law who just do whatever the hell they want, as you're going to see, legal or illegal. That's who the deep state is. They made this happen. They're part of the problem. And they're in conjunction with big tech and big media and these other and, and the communist Chinese. They're, they're in bed with the communist Chinese. That's who behind who's behind all of this. Okay? So the attack on Parler is unprecedented. It's just literally unprecedented. And and it can't stand. So Parler has gone to court in San Francisco, and they have basically said, yo, this is illegal. We want you to do an injunction to force Amazon to reinstall our platform, to let us back on so that this can be litigated in court. We're waiting for that decision. I'm concerned because I'm not sure that's going to happen. I'm not sure that's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen, that's a really bad, very serious thing. Okay? So what happened? We banned Trump, right? America allows big tech to ban the president of the United States, right? But the world leaders, they've started going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Political leaders worldwide slam big tech for censoring President Donald Trump. Mexican socialist president leads international effort to rein in tech giants after President Trump has silenced online after other world leaders speak out. And so uh, there's a story at wethepeopleconvention.org that you can read it. But basically, you know, everyone from France, you know, uh, to, to Australians, to Norway, to even Russians are saying, this is nuts. Who died and made uh, Dorsey and Twitter the arbitrators of free speech? Okay. You know, it, it's fun to write, I think it was uh, Angela Merkel who said, uh, called Twitter's ban, a ban on Trump problematic and said that freedom of opinion is an essential right and, and elementary significance, her spokesman Stephen Seibert said. Uh, it's a final, fundamental right that can not be intervened in, but according to law, it's within the framework of legislators, not according to decisions made by management of social media platforms to decide what free speech is. Again, Google thinks it's our government. They think they rule over you. We're going to show you real soon that that's just not true. Okay? Uh, the, the French government uh, and a guy from the European Union said, this should be decided by citizens, not by CEOs. There needs to be public regulation of big online platforms. Yeah, there needs to be more than that. These people need to be arrested because what they're doing is interfering with our, they interfered with our election. We've made that point, right? I, I showed you in last week's show the, the, the charts that show that 
like 45% of people who voted for Biden were unaware of Biden's connections to the Chinese government and Hunter Biden's laptop and that whole story. Why? Because big tech censored it. That's why. That's why. So again, these people are out of control and they're out of control because they have bribed all of your legislators. They have given billions of dollars in lobbying money to congressmen and people like Mike Lee from Utah, who's supposed to oversee this and actually went on Tucker Carlson last summer and told Tucker Carlson that Google wasn't a monopoly, that you could use any search engine you wanted. He's the head of the Senate committee that's supposed to oversee big tech. And this fool, Mike Lee from Utah, didn't know that all those other browsers use the Google search engine and that Google has 90% of the search engine business. That's how bad this is. You know why? Because people like AFP and FreedomWorks have supported this, have supported big tech censorship of you. Yeah, remember AFP and FreedomWorks were supposed to be on our side? Yeah, call them up. If you support them or work for them, you are working for the enemy. You are helping to censor us. Never work for FreedomWorks. Never work for AFP. It's pathetic. But it's, I mean, it's more than pathetic. It's insane. And I'm going to play a clip now for you from Tucker Carlson where he shows the utter hypocrisy of these people. Listen to this video. Tucker Carlson, tonight it's been a very tough week in the United States of America. A spasm of mob violence followed by an unprecedented crackdown on our basic civil liberties. This is the darkest time many Americans can remember. But even in the midst of this disaster, there have been flashes of comedy, and we're grateful for every one of them. We got one today. It was a statement from a group called the Global Public Policy Team at Twitter. Now, I mean, you may have thought Twitter was just a social media company run by some bearded ethereal pothead in downtown San Francisco, but not anymore. While you were sleeping, Twitter got bigger than you ever imagined it could. Twitter is now an independent nation state with its own National Security Council, an interagency constellation of foreign policy experts whose job it is to manage the world's affairs. So Twitter's global public policy team is really the company's own NSC. So the global public policy people weighed in today, as security councils do, on the upcoming elections in Uganda. And here's what they said about those elections. Quote, ahead of the Ugandan election, we're hearing reports that Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn Internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful violate basic human rights and the principles of the hashtag open internet. Access to information and freedom of expression, including the public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than during the democratic processes, particularly elections." End quote. So marinate in that a bit. Just let it sink in. Twitter is reminding the Ugandan people that censorship is immoral. Sorry, Ugandans, you're not allowed to silence other people's Twitter accounts, especially in the run-up to an election. You just can't do that. Now, we recognize you don't have a Bill of Rights or a centuries-old tradition of self-government out there in Uganda, so you might not have known this as we do here. But to restate, 
censoring voters' social media accounts is hugely harmful. Online censorship violates, quote, basic human rights. In fact, it's an attack on democracy itself. Got that, Ugandans? Now, we understand you're a primitive developing nation, so we'll give you a pass this time. But don't forget it. Censorship, bad. Hashtag open internet. <laughs> it's almost too good. In fact, we checked to see if it was real. It is. Twitter actually sent that. Which only proves that the tech monopolies are even worse than we thought they were. Not only are they cruelly authoritarian and totally dishonest, as well as limitlessly ambitious, but they are also, and we didn't know this, childishly stupid. They have no idea how they appear to others. They can't see themselves. They lack even a glimmer of the ironic self-awareness that is a prerequisite for wisdom. They are idiots. They don't even get their own jokes. On the other hand, none of this is really very funny. It's terrifying. We don't need to convince you of that. You have seen the crackdown and the censorship all week long. And you sense all of it is going to get worse. And you're right about that. It is going to get worse. So there you have it. They're idiots. These are morons, right? But they're smarter than you. They're smarter than me, right? They're going to tell us what to do. They're going to be arbitrators of, of what we can say and what's right and wrong, right? You want those people in charge of your lives. That's what you want? Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? Thanks to Project Veritas, and I, I need to disclose, We the People Convention donates to Project Veritas because we think what they do is vital, okay, that no journalists are doing what Project Veritas does. They released a video this week with the CEO, the pothead that uh, Tucker Carlson referred to, Dorsey, making a statement to the employees of Twitter. And he's saying, this is just the beginning what they're doing to Trump. Listen to this. You should always feel free to express yourself in whatever format, manifestation feels right. We do intend to do a full retro, as I said in my note. It is going to take some time. Um, and then the, the other thing, just to just to close out a little bit, we, you know, we, we are focused on one account right now, but this is going to be much bigger than just one account. And it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, in the next few weeks. It's going to go on beyond the inauguration. We have to expect that. We have to be ready for that. So the focus is certainly on this account and uh, how it ties to real-world violence. But also, we need to think much longer term around how these dynamics play out over time. Um, I don't believe this is going away anytime soon. And the moves that we're making today uh, around uh, QAnon, for instance, is one such example of a much broader approach um, that we should be looking at um, and, and going deeper on. So um, the team has a lot of work and a lot of focus on this particular issue, but we also need to give them the space and the support to focus on the, the much bigger picture um, because it is it is not going away. Um, you know, the, the U.S. is extremely divided. Um, our platform is uh, showing that uh, every single day, and our role is to protect the integrity of that conversation uh, and do what we can to make sure that no one is being harmed uh, based off that. And, and that is the focus, and um, that is the, the color we wanted to provide. There you have it, Jack Dorsey, CEO of Twitter, recorded by one of his own employees, an insider whistleblower at Twitter, 
recorded saying this is going to be much bigger than just one account revealing some censorship. You can see our motto at Veritas, our organization protected by an army of citizen patriots. We've had over a dozen people reach out to us this week with video, evidence inside Twitter. Stay tuned. They may be private companies, but they have more power than all three branches of government. Veritas Tips at ProtonMail.com. All right, so there you have it. It's not over, it's just starting. And it's not just about Donald Trump. It's about you and me. It's about them deciding what is right, what is wrong. But guess what? He's not in control. Guess what? He can't censor you if you're not on their platform. Do you understand? They're not all powerful. I mean, I'm sure, so, I know many of us in the Tea Party movement, many of you who I've met over the years, who never got into Facebook or Twitter. You never just, you get emails, you get text messages, but you don't, you don't ever follow social media. You're like, what's all the fuss about? He's gonna quit, he's gonna censor my free speech? I don't even go on there. That's the point. You don't have to go on there. So we sent out something last Sunday that said, cancel your account today. Here's why. If you go to wethepeopleconvention.org and look for this graphic that says cancel your account today, we tell you exactly how to do that, okay? That's important. I did it. Here's my you know, deactivation from Twitter. It says, sorry to see you go. Goodbye. No, the answer is goodbye to you, Twitter. Goodbye to you. And we are hurting them big time. That Twitter and Facebook have seen $51 billion of combined market value lost since they banned Trump, okay? Companies across the sector have responded to the president's rhetoric in recent days by pausing political donations, making statements, decrying inflammatory remarks, and pulling products with links to right-wing movements. Facebook and Twitter possibly took the biggest retaliatory steps when they indefinitely banned Trump from their platforms on Thursday and Friday, respectively. Both companies cited the risk of additional violence from their, for their bans, but investors largely balked at the action. Facebook trumbled 4% on Monday and another 2.2% on Tuesday as shareholders dumped the stock, likely fearing the ban could drive users off the platform. You think? You think? By the time markets closed on Tuesday, Facebook's market cap sat at $47.6 billion below its Friday level. Twitter plunged 6.4% to start the week and dipped another 2.4% as the sell-off continued into Tuesday's close. The client saw Twitter's market cap drop by $3.5 billion. So what did I say to you when I sent out our text message? And if you don't get our text messages, you need to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and right on the front page of it, it says, enter your email address and your phone number to get our newsletter. Well, the bottom line is, our success rate for emails is like 20%, where our success rate for text messages is like 50%. So we ask for your phone number because they're blocking you. Guess what? Google controls almost 80% of the, of the mailing, the emailing in the country. Okay? If you go to your email account and, and you look at an email, there's a, a, a something in your menus that will say expand headers. And when you expand your headers on an email, you will see every server that your email went through. So even though you've got a Reagan account and I've got a We the People Convention account, which has nothing to do with Google, when you look at that header, 
I guarantee you, you will see that somewhere Google, a Google server handled that email as it went through the internet. And when it does, they read every word. They look at every link and they then do a social score, just like they're helping the Chinese do, right? They're doing their own internal, they don't call it a social score, but that's what it is. And then they decide, well, you know, that Tom Zawistowski, he's a radical nut job. Even though you signed up at wethepeopleconvention.org to get my emails and you want my emails, no, 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 Google thinks it's better for you not to get them, okay? So make sure you're getting the text messages because you may not get the emails. Bottom line is, I sent a text message out last Sunday. I said, they hurt us by banning Trump and us. They hurt you by banning Trump and us. We hurt them by getting 74 million people off their platforms. We just started. They lost 51 billion. We want them to lose 150 billion, 500 billion dollars. If these are trillion dollar companies, guess what? We need to cut them in half. Quit letting them use you. Okay? Guess what? If we all leave and they're there, they're talking themselves. They're navel gazing. We don't need them. He has no power over you. Tell him to go to hell. Okay? And you'll notice that we're not getting hurt at We the People Convention because when I was telling the president that he should get rid of Twitter and stuff, what did we do? We did not rely on social media at all. The whole election. We kicked their ass in Ohio by 8% because our plan involved zero social media. Zero. We did radio, we did emails, we did text messages, we did barn billboards, we did Trump road rallies, we did sine waves. We didn't do any social media. We don't need them. You don't need them, okay? Get off their platform and challenge everyone you know. I know you like to share the pictures and all that stuff. We're going to talk about, matter of fact, I'm going to show you some alternatives here right now. Here's a bunch of alternatives you know, to everything they've got out there. And they've shut Parler down. Hopefully they're going to come back. But there's other things out there like Clout Hub and MeWe. You've got other uh, search engines like DuckDuckGo that, that doesn't feed information back to Google when you do searches. The Brave browser is a, is a safe browser that you can download. YouTube has not done as much censoring as some of the others, but they're going to. And Rumble is rising as a way to feed video. And then when Fox News lets you down, you got One America News, you got Newsmax, and, and you, you, know, you got to do things like watch Steve Bannon's podcast every day, you know, at from 10 to noon on uh, pandemic.warroom.com. Some of the best information you're going to get anywhere is coming from there. Okay? So we're not victims. Americans are not victims. We're heroes. We don't moan, oh, they're hurting me. We punch them back. We fight back. We find other ways. We're not going to let some jerk like these Silicon Valley clowns dominate us. Dominate this, pal. You got no control over us. Get them off. Get off their platform and make them completely, just make them nothing. And by the way, I talked about those foreign you know, countries and stuff and who are upset and they're going to get together. You know what they're going to do? They're going to do what, what Uganda did. That's what they're going to do. If you go to that story, political leaders worldwide slam big tech for censoring President Trump, 
You think those people are as stupid as we are? And they're going to let Jack Dorsey and Zuckerberger, okay, Zuckerberg, Zuckerberger, come into their country and undermine their ability to win an election? Uh, no, they're not. So guess how that's going to affect Twitter and Facebook's uh, stock value when they lose whole countries? You think the Chinese would let Twitter and Facebook do what they did to Donald Trump? No. So why the hell are we? That's the question we're going to talk about in this show, okay? So we're hurting them. You got to get off, all right? And and we'll see what happens because this cannot stand. This cannot stand. I personally believe, I've said to you, the answer is for public for these social media type things to be like the telephone, to be like your water bill, your gas bill, your electric bill. They need to be public utilities. They should not be private companies. They should not be free, which isn't free, right? If it's free, that's bad for you because they're using you. Again, I've had this quote. There's a great video you got to watch on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, where the people who built Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this are literally on the screen crying because of the monster they built that is the most deadly, devastating thing to humankind that's ever been invented. Because social media is psychological warfare on a scale that no human can defend themselves against. And so, and the reason why is they say in that movie that there's only two industries that call their members users, drugs and social media. Don't be a user. I would gladly pay 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 bucks a month, just like I pay to have my trash picked up, to have an email account that gets to the people I send it to when I want to send them something and they get my email. I would I would gladly pay that to have a, a social media type thing where I can put pictures of my family on that. You can see them. And you and it's not they're not doing facial recognition and mining it the data and marking what the occasion was and trying to sell ads to us but then use it to manipulate us and then feed things on our timeline. No, no, don't put anything on my timeline. I'm going to put stuff on my family timeline. I'll show you what I want to show you. You'll see what you want to see. There is no censorship. It's called free speech. And if you come to my website and make a comment I don't like, I can block you. I don't need you to protect me, right? That's what it should be. That's what it's going to be in the end. Because if it isn't, the world is over. If it isn't, we're China. And that's what China's goal is. And that's what this is all about. And that's what this fraudulent election is about. It's China taking over the world by 2040, and they're using big tech to help do it, to manipulate you, to manipulate elections and to basically take power. Okay, so that all leads to this bogus impeachment that we just went through where, you know, you got the lie that President Trump instigated this whole situation, you know, where, you know, he told us to go storm the Capitol and take over the government, which isn't even true. And, and there's people like the Federalists and stuff who've done studies that show that they were breaching the, the Capitol before Trump even got done speaking, okay? And in their bogus impeachment, 
they never once quote the words that say, that show that he incited the crowd. Okay? That doesn't matter. We still held an impeachment, a kangaroo court, a disgrace to our country. These people think they're going to damn Donald Trump as the first president to ever be impeached twice. And no, they are damning themselves because they're going to be the ones who find out, okay, that history will remember that they were the ones who abused the Constitution, abused the impeachment process for political reasons. This will be a scarlet letter on the Democratic Party throughout history. It'll be wrapped around Nancy Pelosi's neck throughout history as a pathetic, partisan, political hack. They didn't lay a glove on Donald Trump. Didn't lay a glove on Donald Trump. But nonetheless, they got 10 Republicans to vote to impeach Donald Trump, including Lynn Cheney, who is Dick Cheney's daughter, and Dick Cheney is the super bushy who hates Trump, okay? But she's a member of leadership, so she deserves even more shame, okay? But there were 10 other, nine other Republicans. So if you go to wethepeopleconvention.org, we put out a list of all their donors. We went to the Federal Elections Commission website, We put each one of those 10 people and we put their private donors and their institutional donors, be it companies or PACs or whatever. Why do we do that? We think you should look at that and you should call these donors and ask them if they think it was right for those Republicans to vote to impeach Donald Trump. Ask them if they think that Donald Trump incited the riots. Question those people who donated to those 10 Republicans. That's what your job is. That's not doxing. That's a legitimate thing. You're going to go through that list and you're going to see it. And we had a guy named Anthony Gonzalez here in Ohio who, uh, who basically, you know, just went nuts and, and voted against, you know, voted for the impeachment of Trump. And if you look at his stuff, you'll see that there's all kinds of donations from Jane Timken, uh, from the Timken family, who's the chairman of the Ohio Republican Party. I have to ask Jane Timken if she still supports Anthony Gonzalez, okay? Because Anthony Gonzalez made a horrible mistake, and I think I know why that happened. Because Gonzalez has supported Trump, as some of these other people did vote for the Trump agenda. They just hated Trump's personality. But Anthony Gonzalez, one interesting thing you should know about it is that somehow when this was all going on in the Capitol and there were protesters outside the House chamber, All the other House members were gone, but four House members were stuck in the room with the security guards, with the guys with guns drawn. And as windows started to be breaking and things, Anthony Gonzalez said in a TV interview that they actually were breaking legs off of tables so they could have clubs to defend themselves against the crowd, meaning they were scared shitless, okay? Then after the shooting of the woman and and the crowd backed off, Anthony Gonzalez was told that Donald Trump was asked to send the National Guard and he didn't do it. That's a total lie that did not happen. But in his testimony about whether he could vote to impeach Trump or not, he cited that as one of the reasons. It's disgusting. He's dead man walking 
Uh, some of you may know Daryl Scott. You've seen him on TV. He's a preacher from Cleveland who's been a, a real supporter of Donald Trump from before he was elected. And Daryl Scott tweeted out this week, he's so angry at Anthony Gonzalez that he's made primary him. Don't worry, there'll be a primary. There needs to be a primary for every one of these people. But I love this idea, and I think you'll love this idea, because we have to fight back. Freshman GOP Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene says she will introduce articles of impeachment against Joe Biden on January 21st. I would like to announce on behalf of the American people, we have, have to make sure that our leaders are held accountable, Green told Newsmax TV anchor Greg Kelly. We cannot have a president of the United States that is willing to abuse the power of the office of the presidency and be easily bought off by foreign governments, Chinese energy companies, Ukraine energy companies, etc. So on January 21st, I will be filing articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. Now, she's in the minority with because it's about an eight member, you know, uh, difference between the Democrats and the Republicans in the House. But that's how you fight back, folks. That's how you fight back. And that's why I said in the last podcast that one of the things I'm sure of that's going to happen after this whole thing is done is that we're going to prove the voter fraud that took place. We're going to, history is going to note, we are going to have the actual physical evidence, whether it's, it's Rudy Giuliani, Sidney Powell, uh, Jonathan you know, Pulitzer, Jovan Pulitzer, whoever it is, okay, the Amistad Project, they're going to prove the fraud so that everyone will know throughout history that this election was stolen. And I think it's great that she's going to put up impeachment papers. And now that may not happen. It won't happen on January 21st because they won't have the support in the House. Guess what? If we are fortunate enough to fix the election process and take back the House in 2022 with the evidence of the stolen election, yeah, I think that would be some interesting evidence to bring up as far as impeaching Joe Biden, the illegitimate president. Wouldn't that be great? Throw him out of office and Kamala, Kami Kamala in 2022? Yeah, let's hope we can make it happen. Here's the bottom line, folks. Poll just came out. 91% of GOP voters are still with Trump. And this is a poll done by uh, Frank Lutz. And Frank Lutz is no friend of Donald Trump, and he's no friend of conservatives. He hates us. He's an elitist. Frank Lutz is a, a complete backstabbing elitist. He say, he, so he's quoted in this article saying, despite their criticism of his conduct since November 3rd and, and last week, 91% of Trump voters say they would still vote for him if another presidential election were held today. And basically, I asked Trump voters about last week's storming of the Capitol, and only 25% say Trump is responsible for what happened, Lutz said. An overwhelming majority also acknowledged a massive media corruption, cover-up of the voter fraud and scandalous voting tactics that drastically turned the election results in Democrat Joe Biden's favor after Republican volunteers, observers were turned away election night after midnight when they were falsely told the vote counting would stop that night. Additionally, 78% of the 800 Trump voters polled said they agree with the president's claim that the election was stolen from him, and 67% believe Trump would be the winner if votes were counted accurately and fairly, that the Washington Examiner reported its findings. Okay? So all of this is not hurting Trump because it's all fake. It's all propaganda. It is the continuation of the coup that's been going on since before Donald Trump was elected. And we're going to talk a whole lot more about that. Which brings me now 
to this insane letter by the, uh, you know, the, the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Well, before I get to that, let me just say, so besides the, you know, this, this onslaught about every person that went to Washington is a terrorist, and now all Trump supporters are terrorists, okay? Now they're trying to, you know, make it look like we're about to attack the country. So up to 21,000 National Guard troops are authorized in, in D.C. for the Biden inauguration. 21,000 troops are in D.C., okay, for what is supposed to be a virtual inauguration, meaning there aren't going to be any people there, okay? And and the mayor of Washington literally is telling people, don't come to the inauguration because of COVID, right, and the threats of violence, both of which are bogus. The truth is, Joe Biden didn't win the election. Joe Biden couldn't draw 200,000 people to the Capitol if the unions themselves tried to pay their members to go. That's why there's not going to be nobody there. It's all phony, folks. It's all a false flag operation. They're blaming you and I, but the truth is he can't draw flies. But that didn't stop the joint chiefs of our military sending out a memorandum this week where they said, now the Joint Chiefs are the head of the Army, the Air Force, the Marine Corps, the Navy, you know, everybody, I noticed the Coast Guard wasn't on there. Maybe he was busy that day out on a boat. Anyway, the message they've sent out said, the American people have trusted the armed forces of the United States to protect them and our Constitution for almost uh, 250 years. As we have done throughout our history, the U.S. military will obey lawful orders from civilian leadership. Support civil authorities to protect lives and property, ensure public safety in accordance with the law, and remain fully committed to protecting and defending the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. The violent riot in Washington, D.C. on January 6th was a direct assault on the U.S. Congress, the Capitol building, and our constitutional process. We mourn the deaths of two Capitol policemen and others connected to these unprecedented events. We witnessed these actions inside the Capitol building that were inconsistent with the rule of law, the rights of freedom of speech, and assembly do not give anyone the right to resort to violence, sedition, and insurrection. As service members, we must obey and embody the values and ideals of the nation. We support and defend the Constitution. Any act to disrupt the constitutional progress is not only against our traditional values and oath, it is against the law. On January 20th, in accordance with the Constitution, confirmed by the states and its courts, and certified by Congress, President-elect Biden will be inaugurated and will become our 46th Commander-in-Chief. Okay? So, that goes along with this FBI story that was leaked that said there's going to be armed protesters in 50 state capitals this weekend. Today, when I'm speaking to you on Saturday, January 16th, They were trying to tell you and tell America that armed protesters were going to be in all 50 state capitals. And the internal FBI note obtained by the ABC News shows warnings of a huge uprising. Ooh, ooh, be scared, be scared. There are no big rallies planned this week. In Ohio, we have a calendar at Free Ohio Now where every rally in the state is, is listed. There's nothing listed. What would we do? Why would we go into our state capitol this weekend? If anything, we might do something on Inauguration Day, but we have no plans for anything. But the FBI leaked this, right? 
And so I sent out a statement that basically said, FBI leaked bulletin warning of armed protests is another deep state effort to smear conservatives and Trump. Tom Zawistowski from the Weedy People Convention called out the leaked FBI bulletin released by left-wing media outlets yesterday as nothing but another deep state operation designed to falsely smear decent, patriotic, conservative Americans and Trump himself. The bulletin supposedly said that starting this week and running through at least Inauguration Day, armed protests are being planned at all 50 state capitals and at the U.S. Capitol. Zawistowski said, it is a pathetic and grossly it is pathetic and grossly irresponsible that virtually every left-wing media outlet immediately ran with this story as fact without any evidence that such a widespread a wide-scale protest was actually possible, let alone being planned and implemented. I know, and I said, I, Tom Zawistowski, know of uh of no protest scheduled for this weekend in Columbus, Ohio, and if there is one, I would know. We list all the protest events in Ohio at freeohionow.com, and we have no events listed. However, anyone who panics at the word armed, which is what the intent of this leak was, armed protesters, okay, uh, should note, uh, anyone who, who's warned by the word armed should note that we had perhaps 30 protests at the state capitol in Columbus this year, last year, 2020, okay? And every one of them, every protest had armed citizens in attendance because Columbus, Ohio has an open carry law. And guess what? Not one person was shot. Oh, armed protesters, be afraid because these are insurrectionists and terrorists. That's what I'm talking about. This is the narrative that the deep state, the FBI, Christopher Wray is behind this. Just like Jim Comey, his boss and buddy was behind this, right? To damage what? You. To scare the lefties, okay? So here's what I said. Fools like Ohio Governor Mike DeLine actually are calling out the National Guard this weekend for a non-event because he read it in the fake news. Corrupt FBI conveniently leaked this to the media for one reason, to continue to build the totally false narrative that all Trump supporters are terrorists and should be feared and ostracized. Is the FBI deep state trying to instigate this kind of violence from the right? Or are they just trying to pump up the irrational fear among their leftist base so they will keep supporting their destructive agenda or both? Which is it, Christopher Ray? Zawistowski continued, let me make something crystal clear. Despite the attempts by the communist left and their allies in our government and their media and Democratic Party sycophants to carry out their own rice tag fire false flag strategy starting last Wednesday, look up rice tag fire. Go to the internet and Google rice tag fire. You'll know what I'm talking about. I can tell you for a fact there was that there is no organization that I am aware of on the conservative right that has the money, the organization, the, uh, the training, or the ability to plan and execute anything close to what this bulletin suggests. In other words, to organize a 50-state capital assault with armed people takes logistics, money, millions of dollars. All kinds of strategy, training, techniques. That's not happening on the right. That doesn't exist, okay? Now, it simply doesn't exist, but we do have 150 million people with guns who will act to defend our rights and our liberty if need be. 
but it will not be something organized by one group. But you know who does have those things? Antifa and Black Lives Matter, who are nationally organized, okay, have a command and control infrastructure, which they've demonstrated in their riots and demonstrated on January 6th during the storming of the Capitol. You could see the command and control. They were working as teams, okay? Uh, they are trained in military and revolutionary tactics, are committed to the overthrow of the U.S. government by any means necessary, and are funded by the communist Chinese, and they raised $10.6 billion, mostly from U.S. corporations, in 2020, according to The Economist. Didn't see any bulletins from the FBI about Antifa and BLM right before they did attack Columbus, Ohio last summer and break into the Capitol and break windows and torch businesses in our downtown. Didn't see any bulletin from Christopher Ray then. Wonder why that is. So let me finish with this last statement. Zawistowski continued, I asked my fellow citizens to consider why the mayor of Washington, D.C. refused federal law enforcement help prior to the protests uh, at the Capitol last Wednesday. She actually sent a letter to the Secretary of Defense, Secretary of Army, and the Attorney General, making it clear she did not want any help in protecting the Capitol. Then she blamed the Capitol Police for failing to protect the building and even called them racists. How do you figure that out? Then the FBI had actual evidence the day before the event that clearly indicated that violence was being planned by certain fringe groups at the Capitol, and they did nothing to stop them. Then we have video evidence that Antifa and BLM infiltrators were in the pro-Trump rally crowd for the sole purpose of instigating and exasperating the tragic events of January 6th. The video shows that they were using classic revolutionary tactics well known by our CIA and U.S. Special Ops, to use crowds to achieve political purposes. Our CIA and Special Ops use this in Afghanistan, Iraq, uh, you know, foreign countries in South America. We know these tactics. Why weren't our Special Ops in our crowd to stop it before it happened, unless they wanted it to happen? Did our government want all this to happen? How can you explain the videos of pro-Trump supporters being led into the Capitol by Capitol Police and then people wanting to charge them with storming the Capitol? It makes no sense. Zawistowski added, how can you as a citizen believe the fake media and leftist politicians like President-elect Joe Biden when they claim that all Trump supporters are terrorists and insurrectionists when video exists of pro-Trump protesters trying to stop Antifa from attacking the Capitol? While those who attacked police, stole or damaged property, and illegally entered the Capitol should pay for their crimes, it's clear that our government, at multiple levels, clearly failed and, based on the evidence, were likely complicit in creating the violence in Washington for the purpose of destroying their strongest political enemy, Donald J. Trump. The Democrat left is now acting exactly as Hitler did in 1933 in Germany. Look up Reichstag fire. To stigmatize and ostracize a large segment of the population using state-controlled media and now big tech to silence the opposition and take power illegally. That's what the impeachment is all about. The impeachment isn't about impeaching Donald Trump. He's going to be out of office in a few days. What do they want? They want to make sure under U.S. law that he can't run again because they know if he does, he'll win. 
That's what this whole thing is about. The whole thing at the Capitol was intended to destroy Trump and his supporters, to make sure we can never threaten their power again. That's what this is about. We ain't buying it. We're not letting them do that. We're fighting back, okay, with things like I just read to you that we put out. This is really important. So what's going on? I know you're hearing a lot of things, and I, and I really work hard to give you the truth and not to go off the deep end here because there's a lot of rumors. There's a lot of misinformation, okay? But something very significant is happening, maybe happening right as I put this out or this weekend or Monday. President Trump is going to declassify the Obamagate documents, including the Steele dossier and briefings. This is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? It's a big deal because this is the proof of the coup attempt. This is no small thing, okay? Because this is all part of what started in 2015 and the Steele dossier all the way through, you know, the, the Michael Flynn, uh, you know, sacking illegally, the, you know, the, the Russia, 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 the, you know, Ukraine impeachment, you know, all this nonsense, the fraudulent election, the COVID crap, right? Funny how New York and Chicago, all of a sudden, when we said this, we said after the election, the Dems would all find religion and say, we can't shut down businesses. We, it's, it, you know, the, the cure is worse than the disease. Guess what's happening this week? Yeah, New York and Chicago are saying, we got to start opening up businesses because Joe Biden's going to be president and they don't want the damage to our economy and to people to be on Joe Biden. They wanted to stink on Donald Trump. So get that straight in your head. The Democratic politicians in our country, in the federal government and the state and local governments, destroyed your business, destroyed your job, hurt your children, damaged your parents in nursing homes, ruined our economy to gain power. Now, if that's not the definition of evil, I don't know what the hell is. That's evil, folks. That's who these people are. So this dump of the classified information that Trump is going to put out this weekend is a very big deal. And you need to understand why it's a big deal. Okay? So here's John Solomon explaining to Lou Dobbs what he thinks is going to happen. Uh, that turned into an outright vicious riot. Uh, so anyway, uh, let's turn to the issue at hand, and that is uh, the most important uh, matter, I think, here tonight, and that is the president uh, declassifying these documents on Obamagate, the spying uh, conspiracy and plot and the, and the uh, actual uh, effort to overthrow this president uh, as a result. We now know that there are documents that exist that support the president and and make liars out of so many who claimed that there was no spying, uh, there was no effort uh, to do exactly what they did. You are 100% right. I, I can confirm. We were talking last night. Will the president deliver on this? One of the last remaining promises he has delivered in a big way, more than a foot high stack of documents he has authorized released by the fbi and the justice department these are the things that the fbi has tried to keep from the public for four years 
they have amazing big picture revelations. And let's start with, I think, the most important one. Christopher Steele, in his debriefings with the FBI, after he was fired for leaking, he told the FBI, the reason I leaked is because I needed to help Hillary Clinton cover up her email problem. So I leaked to turn the attention to Donald Trump. The Russia collusion narrative was invented to protect Hillary Clinton from ongoing revelations about her email scandal. It was a political dirty trick, and that was Christopher Steele's own words. People tomorrow, I believe, will get to see his words. I've been reporting on this privately. I haven't seen the declassified documents yet. But um, I'm telling you that my reporting, I know that's in the document. Similarly, Stefan Halper, the other informant, remember he's the guy that recorded Papadopoulos and in Carter Page, right. it, in his tasking orders, when the FBI is tasking him, my sources tell me from weeks and months of reporting on this, that he was told to spy on the Trump campaign. In fact, he was given a cover. Try to pretend you're, you might want to get involved and get hired by the Trump campaign and then start talking to people and pump them from information in anyone's book. That is spying. Remember, James Comey said it wasn't spying. The Democrats called it. It wasn't spying. This document, mm-hmm. when it's released tomorrow or Monday, will blow out of the water any idea other than the FBI was spying on the Trump campaign. As early as August 16, mm-hmm. the word Trump campaign was all over the FBI documents. Folks, that's treason. That's sedition. That's reason for martial law. I'm serious. This is what's so absurd about this. And I'll go back to the, you know, our our wonderful Joint Chiefs of Staff, okay? Here they are pontificating to you and I about how they will continue to honor their oath to protect and defend the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. And they are about to see Solid evidence, proof that the FBI and the DOJ tried to overthrow the government of the United States, and they did nothing. This is the Joint Chiefs of Staff who is standing by and doing nothing while the Communist Chinese, our main rival, okay, our main military rival, the the country that has said their goal is to rule the world by 2040, these clowns on our Joint Chief of Staff are standing by and allowing the Communist Chinese to install their puppets as President and Vice President of the United States. And again, you can say, oh, Tom Zostowski's throwing around you know, accusations. No less, no less than the Senate Homeland Security Committee released their report before the election after looking at the Biden, you know, uh, uh, Hunter Biden, you know, the hard disk and evidence and said the Biden family is clearly compromised by the Chinese and it is a national security risk. Why? Are we making them president and vice president of the United States? The Joint Chiefs of Staff should be arresting them. That's what doesn't make any sense here. So, there are those of you who are hearing things. And and this morning, there was an interesting interesting piece of data that came out that Mike Lindell who's been a very strong supporter of the president, visited Trump at the White House on Friday 
and the media captured pictures of his notes. So he's walking out of the White House, he's got his phone and he's got some papers in his hand, and they zoom in on the papers and look at what he has on his notes. And the notes refer to crimes and the Insurrection Act. Now, okay, listen, I'm the one, we are the one, your donations gave us the money to put the full-page ad into the Washington Times on December 1st saying, the president, if the 12th Amendment is not followed, and it has not been, the Supreme Court dropped the ball when they did not take the Pennsylvania case because that case was purely constitutional. It wasn't about where did these ballots come from, voter fraud, you know, you didn't sign, you know, check these signatures. It wasn't about process. It was about the Constitution. As I said, the Constitution says only the legislatures can make the decisions on the rules for voting, and they didn't, and the Supreme Court should have ruled on that, and they should have said, you've got to redo your elections, and they didn't. When that happened, we called on the president to declare limited temporary martial law for the sole purpose of having the military oversee a fair and free national federal revote. I stand on that position. President Trump should do that. He should have done it sooner. I pray every day that he will do that now. Because clearly, what these documents that are being released show is that this is so broad. The corruption in our country is so broad and so deep that you can't fix it through civilian processes. You see what I'm saying? You literally have to have the military intervene. You need to arrest tens of thousands of people. There needs to be military tribunals. That's what you have to do to save this country and the Western world. And it's worth doing. And I pray that they do that. I pray that before Wednesday, and, and people are saying, well, maybe that's why we've got 21,000 troops. Maybe that's why we've walled off Washington, D.C., with all these fences, so that when they're doing the swearing in of Joe Biden, the military can just arrest him because all the criminals will be in the building. On one hand, that sounds crazy. On the other hand, in this world, that sounds sane. That's how bad it is. That's how bad a situation we're in, okay? But I want you all to understand, it ain't over till we say it's over. We're going to have to keep fighting regardless of what happens. Regardless of what happens. Because we have no choice. We have nowhere to go. So what does that mean? Well, I know many of you have been talking about that we think if President Trump does indeed let Biden be inaugurated, we need to see what he wants to do going forward. There's all kinds of rumors. You know, Don Jr. looks like he's trying to do something technical like with a social media platform, okay? Donald Trump has talked about, you know, not being silenced. You will not be silenced. Maybe he's going to try to buy a TV network or start a TV network. Many of you and I think that we need a third party. It's clear. Nobody wants to be in the Republican Party. We're only in the Republican Party because there's nowhere else to go. If you look around the world, there are no democracies that have only two parties, okay? Because there's an old joke. 
The joke was that there was a lawyer in this town and he was going broke. And then another lawyer came to town and they both got filthy rich. That's what happens with the two parties because it becomes the unit party. They feed off of each other to rob you and I. That's what happens. That's what we have. George Washington hated the idea of political parties. He said it would destroy our republic because your loyalty would be to your party and not to your country. That's exactly what's happened. And it's even worse because their loyalty isn't to their party. It's to their donors, not to the people. So when we say we wish Donald Trump would start a third party, I have done polling. 80% or 90% of the people who voted for Trump would join the Trump party, and so would a lot of Bernie people, and so would a lot of independents, because they're independents because they despise the Democrats and the Republicans. That's why, that's why in 2016, we got all these people to come out to vote who hadn't voted in 25 or 30 years because they had given up on our political system because they knew it was so corrupt. And then they came out and voted for Donald Trump and they got proven how corrupt it is. Okay? But here's the problem. If Donald Trump says we're going to start the MAGA party or the Patriot party or whatever he wants to call it, I know from the polling within months it will be the biggest political party in the country. There'll be maybe 40% or you know some percent like that, 38, uh, 39% of the people will be in the Trump party. The Democrats will be down to like 30% or 29%, and the Republicans will be at like 12 Okay? And that's good. That's good. Because when you have three parties to govern, there has to be some give and take, some coalition building. Now there's none. Now there's none. So the people in our movement who've been working for years on the paperwork to do a new third party. Because again, if Donald Trump said tomorrow, I'm leaving the Republicans and I'm starting a new party, he ain't going to do the work. You and I are going to do the work. The Tea Party, quite frankly, not the Trump supporters, because they don't even know how to do it. The Tea Party is studying the Constitution and, and knows the laws. And because you have to literally, to start a political party, you have to form it in every county in the country. 4,308 counties, I think there are, in the United States. So you have to have people become central committee members and precinct members and stuff like that, okay? It's a big project. It's probably going to cost a billion dollars. And you couldn't really do it. You couldn't have the gravitas. You couldn't have the ability to do it without a Trump leading it with a brand. Now listen to me. This is how challenging this is. The people are working that. I've said to them, Here's what you need to understand. You have to be able to do to the political party what our founders did to federal government. What did the founders do? They created government, rules for a government that restricted the power of government because they knew the evil of mankind. And guess what they did? Remember what I said about three parties is better than two? What do we have in our federal government, our state government, our local government? Three branches, right? Executive, legislative, and judiciary. Three, three. Why? 
because they balance each other out. They can check each other if you restrict their power. We lost that in our government with Woodrow Wilson. That's when this started. This today, this coup, this taking over by the communists of our country that's happening maybe by this coming Wednesday started with Woodrow Wilson 80 years ago. Okay? But it doesn't have to be that way. The government our founders forged worked because before Woodrow Wilson, the average American citizen, the only involvement they had with the federal government was the post office. There was no federal income tax. There were none of these agencies to interfere with you. Woodrow Wilson was the one who went to Germany and learned from the Nazis, okay, that we're, you know, we're smart and the people are dumb. And so we need to put experts in charge to tell farmers how to farm and manufacturers how to manufacture and, and, you know, and rule your life. It's a lie as the video that Tucker Carlson played with the geniuses at Twitter who are dumb as a box of rocks. It's a bunch of retarded adolescents who happen to be able to write computer code. See what I'm saying? So that whole thing is flawed. So my point is, you've got to develop the, the challenges if you want a political party that actually represents the people, you have to design it in a way so that the power doesn't aggregate at the top. So that means that the most important person in this new party has to be the precinct person. And for those of you who don't know, the political precincts are like 500 homes. There's, there's one person in each central committee for every 500 homes. That person has to have more power than the head of the RNC or the head of the state party. See, but they don't want that. They don't want that. They want the control. So how do you keep the power at the base of a party? Well, you keep the power by keeping the data there. So the precinct person has the phone list, the email list of the 500 houses, but that data isn't shared with the state or the national party. You know why? Because once they have that data, they don't need you. Okay? The second thing is, if you're going to have a party that represents the people, the people need to fund the campaigns, not special interests or rich people. So what I mean by that, the political party was have to be where if you want to be part of the MAGA party, you have to pay 20 bucks a year to be a member. Some number, five bucks a month. Why? So that then when people come to run for the MAGA party, they have to be approved by you, by the precinct person in your area, and they can't win anything without your support. So now, instead of them buying their way in and writing a big check to say, I want to run for U.S. Senator, here's $2 million, Ohio Republican Party, that doesn't happen. What happens is the party in, the, in each county runs the door-to-door, -door, the phone campaigns, buys the sign, buys the radio and TV, here's our slate of candidates, and they elect who they want. Why is that important? When we got into the Tea Party, we were so frustrated with the rhinos that all we could talk about and think about was electing principled people. We're going to elect people 
And that's how we're going to change government for the better. And we learned a hard lesson because the power isn't in electing people. The power is in being able to unelect them. We elected a lot of people who are in D.C. right now who turned on us, who stabbed us in the back, who voted to impeach Donald Trump for no reason at all. Because why? Once they were elected, we didn't have the power to unelect them because filthy rich people give them money to keep them in office against our will, to do TV commercials that make them look like the greatest person in the world and then they vote completely against everything we want. It's the power to unelect them. And that's why you need a party where the power is at the base. And guess what? If we elect you and you lied to us and you stab us in the back, you don't get reelected because we have the money to beat you. Okay? Not easy to do. I just laid out some pretty good principles. But that's what we need in this country. We need the corruption isn't just in government, it's in the political process. That's why there's so much cheating in the elections. Why do you think Georgia has a Republican governor, Republican Secretary of State, uh, a Republican legislature, and all that cheating happened? Why do you think that happened? Yeah, because they were cheating for themselves. And they didn't want to be exposed by letting us look at the, the ballots in Georgia. The Republicans cheat as much as the Democrats. The whole thing is corrupt. It can be fixed. We, the people, are going to have to fix it. And as I said in the last podcast, fortunately, because of COVID, we now have a much bigger coalition of people who are awake and alive, understand the tyranny of government, and don't like it. Don't like it one bit. And they want to get them out of our schools and get them out of our churches and get them away from our guns and get them out of our lives and not censor us. They want social media to be a public utility. They want government the hell out of our lives. And so there's paths forward. But as I said earlier, if you're in a land that there's no laws, I've been saying this for two years. My big theme for two years, for those of you who haven't been following me from the beginning, has been without the rule of law, without equal justice under law, we are not a nation at all. Because what made us different was that we were ruled by laws, not men. What you're seeing today is the law means nothing. We are being ruled by men and women and tyrants. So that is a problem, right? Because you can't, Donald Trump can't start a TV network if there's no law. They won't let him. We won't be able to start a political party if there's no law. They won't let us. And so it could get a lot worse. And I've said this to you before, and I want you to go look it up. There's a, a YouTube video of Dinesh D'Souza from October. He's speaking at a, a big church in Oklahoma. Just look to Dinesh D'Souza, October, uh, Oklahoma. Look on YouTube, okay? And so it's pretty long, you know, broadcast. It's pretty long, like an hour and a half. Really good. But at in that video, he's at this church, and he says to the Christians, he says, understand, the left does things to you that they know you will never do to them. 
And until you are willing to do that, you can never win. The left stole this election because they know that the cowards in the Republican Party don't have the guts to stand up, even when it's in their own best interest. They know that the military doesn't have the guts, even though they know the truth. They know that they could do it, and we didn't have the guts to stop them. Well, maybe not right now, but I know that you and I have the guts to stop them, whether anybody else does or not. But what that means is you're going to have to be willing to do things that you never thought you'd have to do. Because it's, it's, it's only one thing, winning. There are no rules. Okay? So, lots happening. We do not know what our path is. I've got everybody and their brother saying, Tom, what's the plan? What are we doing? I don't have one. It took me months to develop the plan that we executed in Ohio to destroy big tech and destroy Joe Biden and elect Donald Trump. That was a great plan. It took a lot of time, a lot of research, a lot of thought, a lot of talking to people. So I don't know what the plan is now because we've never been here. We need a lot of smart people in the room to help us. So talk to people. I'm talking to people. I'm looking at what you send me. We'll figure it out. But this is a challenge that no one's ever faced. We don't have any experiential history with this. What could have been done to stop the Germans in 1933? What could have been done to stop Hitler? I was listening to Glenn Beck earlier this week. He had a guy, his name on was, I think his name is Earl Black. He wrote a book about how IBM, their technology was used by Hitler and the Nazis to identify the Jews, to steal their assets, to round them up and to execute them. IBM, an American company, the, the, the tattoos on the arms of the Jews from Auschwitz, those were originally IBM identification numbers. Unbelievable book. Unbelievable part of history. Glenn Beck had him on. This guy's a historian. He's very bright. And Glenn went to the break and he said, when I come back, I really want you to answer the question, what can we do now and what could they have done in Germany to stop Hitler? I was grabbing on my car wheel like, I, can't, I gotta, this is the question I want to ask. I want a really smart person like this to answer that question. Came back from the break. And he didn't have an answer. He just said, keep your eyes open, you know, push back against their tyranny. But he didn't have an answer. That's our problem. Because I can study history and I have studied history. Thank God for Jordan Peterson, who's taught us about the evil of mankind, of the Nazis, of the Soviets, who brought us the Gulag Archipelago to read and understand how people can be just completely canceled disappear, that people that helped Stalin and Lenin, who were generals, who got on the wrong side, were killed and were literally taken out of photographs. So they didn't exist in history. That's what they're doing to Donald Trump. This is real. This has been done before. I can read history and know that. The problem is I can't read history and know that someone stopped it. 
Because if it never happened, it would never be in history. That's why this challenge is so difficult. How do we stop this? I don't know right now. We're going to find out. We're going to have a plan. We're going to do something. We're not just going to lay down. We're going to fight. We're going to defend liberty. Because liberty is worth defending. It's worth your life. So keep thinking. I hope this podcast has helped you. I hope it's given you some insight, gave you something to think about. I haven't put anything in here that's a lie. I'm not trying to blow smoke or mislead you. I'm being honest with you. I'm being honest with myself. This is a situation we're in. We're far from done, but we're not in a good spot. And we got to find our way out of the woods. And it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of sacrifice. But somehow we'll get it done. You see that I got our upside down flag behind me. I told you last week, I want you to fly your flag upside down. I've got my flag outside the house upside down. I want to see them when I'm driving around. This is a statement that our nation is in distress. Our nation is in distress. This is not desecration of the flag. This has traditionally been done. The military, when they see a flag upside down, is supposed to come to your aid because something's wrong. Something's in distress. That's why I want you to fly your flag upside down until we figure this out. Okay? That's why that's behind me. It'll be there until we bring these criminals to justice. So we're going to wrap this up. Again, I thank you for telling other people about this podcast. Please do. It's hard to communicate. So if you don't share it, people aren't going to know. Send me your ideas. Send me your thoughts at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. Info at wethepeopleconvention.org. That's critical. That's how I, I learn a lot of things, okay? But most of all, thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being a patriot. Thank you for thinking through this in your own mind. What is it you're going to be willing to do when the time comes? That's what you've got to get ready for. You've got to understand what's going on here so that when it comes, you can do your duty. Just like our fathers and forefathers have throughout history. The time is coming. This is our time to stand up and defend liberty. And we will, and we will succeed because we will. Thank you again for listening. I don't know the next podcast, but I will send out texts and emails to tell you when the next one is done. You've been listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. And my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312.